Episode 77 of the Cherokee Rewind set to roll. Got Mick. And for this episode, we are going to go back quite a ways. Uh, but it's still a good kind of going back because this is a guy who well, I've known him for a long time. And a good friend of mine has uh, won the national championship with the TC, but also has gone on to give back to the game. You know, through all his time growing up and everything, watched him turn from a boy to a man, and a good one at that. And that is Derek Stum. Stummer, how are you, buddy? Good, Mick. How are you doing? This side of embalmed. I'm happy. Anyway, um, <laughs> right. So, I, I usually guess everyone's jersey number. If I remember, number eighteen. Yep. Yep. Number eighteen. So. Uh, growing up, uh, playing, you know, as a kid all through amateur, um, you know, travel and all that kind of stuff. I was, I was number eight. Cam Neely was my favorite player growing up. And so I had always, uh, I, I just took number eight and then, you know, I get, uh, I get to the Cherokee and I, I find out that there's this thing called a rookie and, and you don't get to pick your number if there's somebody that was there before you. Oops. And I, I have no idea who was number eight before me. But uh, my rookie year, eight was taken, so I took the next best thing, which was 18. Okay, fair enough. Now, uh, did you have uh, did you have the chance to change it? Uh, you know what? I, I think uh, just with the success that I've, I've been a little bit of a, a superstitious nut job when it comes to, to hockey, so we had some pretty decent success my rookie season and and so going into my second year um i just i thought i i should keep 18 i didn't want to i didn't want to chance the uh, superstitious gods i hear you so uh now when you well we'll, we'll get to when you got to toledo but uh, let's talk about with uh how you got started because you were a local guy uh, growing up and talk about those those uh, wonderful beginnings as far as getting involved in the game, how old were you when you first started uh, with skates? Uh, I was three, believe it or not. So um, no one in my family ever played. My, my father never played. I had, had two uncles that never played. Um, or my grandfather never played. But uh, my grandfather and grandmother were from the East Coast. And my grandfather got transferred out here with Owens Corning when they built the, the world um, headquarters downtown and uh, hockey was, you know, pretty big out on the East coast with the Bruins. And um, so they, they got into going to the gold digger games and, you know, they, they go watch uh, Jim McCabe and, you know, those guys, uh, you know, play down on uh, down at the, um, the sports arena there. And I don't know how or why, but uh, for some reason, my, my dad, uh, my grandfather got me into to skating it you know I was three years old and next thing I know I'm I'm over uh, playing playing hockey over at Tamil and it's just been a, a lifelong love affair ever since then I, I can't seem to get enough of it and um, just I want to eat up every every opportunity I can when it comes to the, to the game so well, I don't blame you there so now how old are you when you started playing organized was it out at at Tam, was it uh, with uh, was it with Small or was it in Toledo with Toya? 
So I um, I got started out at, at Tamil um, with with small. Um, you know, I can remember back then. Uh, you know, it, it near uh, small wasn't nearly what uh, Tamil's youth hockey program is now in terms of size. But you know, I I remember being four or five years old, and and they just threw you on a team. They didn't have this learn to play kind of stuff. I mean, it's great for the game now, but you know, back then if you could skate and you were big enough to put equipment on, they threw you out on the ice and you just kind of went on your way. And I did that for. Um, all the way up until uh, first grade, uh, I remember, you know, first grade being my first year of playing travel. And uh, it was for the Sylvania Maple Leafs, uh, which is now, if, if you go over to Tamilshan, the, the Sylvania um, Maple Leafs are their, it's their house all-star team. But back when I played, it was their travel program. Wow. And, um, you know, they, they've kind of switched from the Sylvania Maple Leafs over to the Sylvania North Stars. They did a... a a branding change a number of years ago, but back when I played, it was the Savannah Maple Leafs. And my very first year of playing travel, uh, Jim McCabe happened to be my coach. He had a son, Jay McCabe, that was the same age as I was and or am. And, um, you know, that team we had, you know, a lot, a lot of great hockey players on that team. Kelly Miller, who's you know, obviously involved in the Cherokee program. That's Kenny's brother. He, uh, he and I played together, uh, that, that first year of travel and, in you know first grade and um you must have learned a lot from you (laughs) but uh what you know just to kind of give you an idea how small the hockey community in toledo is um kelly's dad mr miller who everybody knows him by sap um he was he was involved with with helping mr mccabe coach you know so i've known kelly and, and mr miller and Mrs. Miller and, and Kenny, um, almost my entire life, you know, going all the way back to first grade. And, you know, here I am on a, a podcast with, with you talking about the Toledo Cherokee and, you know, Kenny's the coach. It's just, uh, it's, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah, it is, but it is, you're right. It's a small world. Uh, now how, how long did you play in that program growing up? So I played, uh, I played travel, travel hockey through, um, here in, in Toledo all the way up until, uh, I, I played with the Savannah Maple Leafs organization all the way up until seventh grade. And then Mr. Miller put together a team called the Toledo junior storm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were a travel team at that, uh, you know, at that time. And it was, you know, Kelly Miller and, I think Nick Schrader was on that team and, you know, uh, the Boffins, they were on that team and Rob Kirk was on that team. And, um, we, I played for them, uh, for a season, I think it was. And then after that, I ended up going up North into Detroit and I, I played in the Michigan national hockey league and I, I played for, played for the Michigan nationals. I played for CompuWare and then, um, uh, my, at the end of my sophomore year of high school um, was when I, I found out that uh, there was a, a draft, the central States hockey league, never heard of it before, but I got a letter in the mail saying that I'd been drafted into the central States hockey league by a team out of Cleveland. Now, before we get to that point uh, up until then, who you mentioned, you know, Jim McCabe and sap, uh, 
those folks. Who else were some of your coaches growing up as you moved along into, you know, playing in Michigan and et cetera? So uh, my dad, my dad was a, a coach of mine throughout the, the house program, you know, before I got into travel. My dad, uh, my dad would coach uh, during the during the house years. And then was he um, a tough coach to play for. You know, I, I was so young, like I said, I, I got into travel hockey when I was in first grade. So I really only had two or three years of playing for my dad. And I don't I don't really have the greatest uh, uh, memory in terms of being able to remember back that far. But, you know, my dad was always always a great support uh, system. Uh, part of support my mom and you know you know and then um back then you know you kind of played your regular season or the, the winter season and then when it was done most of us all went off and played a different sport like we all go play baseball or you know whatever and um i i continued to play spring league uh, over at tamil shanner in the house uh, program and my dad would usually uh, coach, you know, uh, during the house program. As a matter of fact, my dad's the reason, the only, the only reason I ever put the goalie pads on one time. And <laughs> I think he did it on purpose. But uh, during spring, you know, we'd rotate all the players would, would play goalie at one one time, one game. And my dad, um, I, I know he did it on purpose, but my dad uh, finagled it so that I had to put the goalie pads on for picture day. And I got one hockey picture with me wearing goalie pads for the team picture. And um, it, it never happened again. I can tell you that much. But uh, <laughs> I, I at least have that one memory of, of wearing goalie pads. But, um, you know, like I said, uh, Jim McCabe was a, a, a big uh, support system and, and great guy to coach uh, or play for as a coach. Uh, Mr. Miller was great. Um I played uh, for a guy by the name of Rob Brown and Bob Brown up in uh, for the Michigan Nationals and, and for CompuWare. Um, they were two of the hardest coaches I've ever played for in terms of personality. And they were the kind of guy, the old school kind of guys where they just, you know, they gave it to you and they gave it to you hard and, and kind of rode you real hard. Um, I remember we went up to a tournament. Uh, we, we took a coach bus. Um, on a, we left Detroit on a Thursday night, drove uh, like 18 hours up into northern Canada, got there on Friday, played a game, got destroyed, stayed the night, played two games on Saturday, got destroyed. And, and Mr. You know, uh, Bob and Rob Brown were so pissed off, they threw us back on the bus and made us come home. So we, we, we drove 36 hours in the span of, you know, almost – less than two days to get destroyed by three different teams. And, you know, at the time I'm in eighth grade, you know, freshman in high school, it's like, wow, I guess we should have played a little bit better. <laughs> Good night. Yeah. Never mind the fact that it couldn't be that maybe they were a higher caliber of team. And, you know, I mean, even juniors, you have junior A, junior B, junior C back then, but uh, eh, whatever, T potato, potato. Um, so now, uh, during that time, were you ever, did you ever think about maybe perhaps playing in high school? Uh, you know, um, when I, when I was a kid growing up, I, I'd spend a lot of time with my grandfather and my grandfather lived right around the corner from Tam O'Shanter. And, you know, back then they just had the one rink with the loft 
Um, and, you know, I'd go over on a Friday after school and, you know, my grandfather would get home from, from work and we'd have dinner and, and then my grandfather would say, hey, let's go, let's go watch a game. And we'd go up to Tamalshanner and sit in the loft and, um, we'd watch Northview play Southview or we'd watch, uh, you know, Northview play St. Francis back then. And, and that was, you know, that was great. Um, it was great hockey. And, you know, as a kid, you kind of see all these people there at the, at the, at the rink and you see the experience and, and the atmosphere and stuff. And it was really cool, but I never, I never really thought about it in, in terms of, you know, understanding what they were, that it was high school. It was just, it was a, it was a hockey game. I got to go to a hockey game. I got to be a part of this awesome atmosphere at, at Tamil Shanner. And just as I continue to grow up and, and kind of continue to play hockey, uh, playing travel, you just, you're never in town on Friday and Saturday nights. And that's really when all the high school games were. So as I got into, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade, I was never around the rink on a Friday night to see a high school hockey game. It was always, I'm up in you know Detroit or Canada or, you know, over in wherever we had tournaments at. And so by the time I got into, by the time I became a, a freshman or going in, going into my freshman year of high school, that was the, that was the first year that I had made a triple A program up in Detroit. And um, that was kind of always the, the goal f- as a travel hockey player was to be able to get to that triple A level. And so when I got, uh, invited to go play triple A hockey, that was, was a, a goal of mine and it, it became a, a great thing to be able to, to accomplish. And so I went that route and, you know, now that I look back on it and I'm, I'm coaching at the high school ranks, it's something that I, I, I kind of wish I would have been able to experience all my buddies that I still play old man beer hockey with on Sunday nights, all played, you know, high school hockey and they've got a lot of great experiences from it. And that's, it's one of those things you just got to make some sacrifices to get some gains in other areas. And having that experience of high school hockey is one of those things that, uh, that I had to sacrifice. Hey, and in the end of the day, it's, it was worth it. Uh, for what it led to. Yeah, it was. So you get a, yeah, get a letter in the mail saying you've been drafted by Cleveland. Uh, did you report? Uh, so that year, or going into that year, Cleveland was, uh, I guess, uh, an expansion team. It was a brand new team that, uh, that had joined the Central States Hockey League and so um, I get drafted and I get this letter that they're going to have these summer skates. And so really wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go back up to Detroit and play, you know, triple A or, or um, I see, I get this letter and saying that I'm been drafted to go play junior hockey. And my parents knew nothing about this kind of stuff just because they had no experience with it. So uh, I, I, go out to these skates in the summer over in Cleveland and my dad's talking to the, to the manager and trying to get an idea of what this thing's all about. And he's talking about billet families and we'll set your son up in a school and you know, all this kind of stuff. And, um, I'm out on the ice and there's this guy out there that is just screaming at the top of his lungs and he's running these skates and stuff. And I thought, who in the heck is this guy? Like, he's just kind of a, kind of a weirdo like he's just screaming all these crazy things and nobody really knows what he's saying but he knows knows what he's talking about well it's bob zion oh so, dear 
the Cleveland the the, the Cleveland owners uh, had some affiliation with the Toledo Cherokee, and so they'd asked Bob to kind of come out and help them get their summer skates off the off the ground and and try and help them get this program going. So Bob happens to see me skate, and uh, he goes back to, to top, uh, Scott Searing and tells Scott Searing that about me and that I'm a local guy from Toledo, that I'm out in Cleveland skating. And, you know, the next thing I know, I get a phone call from Scott Searing telling me that they traded for my rights and they want me to come to the Toledo Cherokee um, tryout. So uh, that, that's that's really how I ended up in, in Toledo uh, for, for a tryout was I got a phone call from Scott Searing telling me that, that they traded for me, which, you know, at, at the time I'm, I'm 16 years old and I think I'm just – I'm the next Wayne Gretzky. Like, holy, holy cow, these guys are trading for my rights and stuff. And, you know, obviously that's so far from the case. But it was it was kind of cool at that time to be 16 years old and, you know, to hear that you'd been drafted and then to hear that another team wanted you, that they, they traded for you and that kind of stuff. So Were you half tempted to say, uh, I need to get my agent involved? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, nothing like that. I, uh, I, um, I mean, Mick, I was I was barely 16 years old. I mean, I was I was young. I really had no clue um, what I was really getting into, or, or some of the experiences that I was gonna gonna uh, have over the next couple of years um, playing hockey and and hanging out and spending all my time with you know 17, 18, 19 year old guys. Little so. did little did you know. Uh, so right. you go you go into this uh, you go into this tryout. Uh, or camp uh, for Toledo the first time. What was it like when you first put on the the gear at Tam O'Shanner? What was it like when you were sitting in there with all those guys? Uh, it was it was a little it was a little weird just because I I really didn't know anybody. Um, you know the uh, I knew of the Deitch brothers uh, because you know they they had played. They played AAA. Uh, I think it was up at that time it was the West Western Michigan Warriors or something like that. They were in the same league as what I was, so I I had some experience playing against them. But uh, other than those two guys, I I didn't know anybody. And you know, like I said, I'm I'm uh, I'm barely 16 years old, sitting in a locker room uh, with 18, 19 year old guys, and you know, I'm I'm pooping my pants a little bit you know what i mean so uh but you know it's just like any other any other time you put the skates on and, and you get out on the ice and you just go out and have fun and, and play and luckily i had uh I had, a, I had a good camp and you know uh searing and omi and and zion offered me a, a spot on the team and you know i i um uh, made one of the best decisions i think uh as far as uh life experiences go by by accepting and you know um got to play got to play for some really great coaches and have uh some some amazing experiences and i mean truthfully i made some lifelong friends you know along the way so um you can't complain too much when when that's the outcome yeah and you played there two years you did um i played there uh really three years. I, my first two years, I played a full season. 
And then uh, going into my third year, I went up and um, I had like the smallest cup of coffee up in the North American Hockey League and then and then came back and, and finished the season out uh, with Cherokee. So you're saying it was a sippy cup? Uh, it, to, yeah, that's putting it lightly. Yeah, uh, that, that's giving me more that's giving me more credit than I probably am due. Uh, OK. Um, anyway, so. This first season, uh, tell me what that was like uh, as far as the season goes. Do you remember the first time you played in the Cherokee game? Um, you know, I the the first game I remember the first game of that season. It was a uh, it was an exhibition game, and we were going up to Canada. And we were playing a junior C team, which you know back then they had. Uh, their junior C was really our junior B. Then they had a junior B level that was really kind of comparable to to our junior A in the North American Hockey League. And then they obviously had the OHL. But we, we went up and, and played an exhibition game against the junior C team in Tecumseh. And uh, Searing wouldn't let me – he wouldn't let me dress. There, there were, uh, I think it was me and, and Dyson – or uh, Deitch, excuse me. And a couple other guys, we, we weren't allowed to dress, but uh, we take the bus up there and, and we get over over the border. And one of the guys, for the life of me, I can't remember who it was, but one of the guys forgot his skates. Yeah. So he, he doesn't have any skates, and I'm begging Scott to let me play. It's like Scott, let me play. I'm like I'm I'm responsible. I brought all my gear. Let me play. And he wouldn't let me do it. And then I remember sitting in the stands, and I think in the first few minutes there was like a fight or something like that <laughs> and i just remember thinking thank god he didn't let me play like i just got my butt kicked like i i was um i was the kind of guy that liked to go out on the ice and and stir up as much turmoil as possible and then i would turn around and skate away and let somebody like rob kurt come in and <laughs> take care take of care of things yep yeah. yeah you were what was known as a, i'll paraphrase a crap disturber <laughs> yeah Yep, yep, yep. You did absolutely. you did it and you did so. it well. Anyway, um so so now do you remember your first goal? I don't. Um I just I don't have that kind of memory where you know you remember I, I remember different different aspects of, of playing in terms of you know like different goals and stuff like that, but like I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what my first goal was. Oh, okay. Now, do you remember any of your other firsts, like maybe uh, your first fight? Or did, did you even fight when you were there? I fought one time. It was uh, it was in my second year. Um, I we we had that year wrapped up uh, pretty early um, in the sense that you know our our record was really really good that year to. And, and we kind of knew that we were going to nationals. So towards the end of the season, I, I kind of told everybody, I'm like, I'm going to fight. Like, I'm going to I'm going to get a fight under my belt. and I'm going to kick somebody's butt. And I'm just going to be this big, super tough guy out on the ice. And um, I get into a little scrum in front of the net, in front of their net. And this guy and I, we drop our gloves and uh, we start going at it. Next thing I know, we both fall. And as we fall... I fall on top of him. He cracks his head on the ice and um, uh, ends up needing stitches and things. Well, the referees at the time thought that I took his head and like smashed it on the ice. So they give me a match penalty. 
And I end up freaking out because we're supposed to go to California here pretty soon for nationals and I've got a match penalty. So, um, luckily, um, you know, at that point, um, we would, we were videotaping the games. Yeah. And Dr. McCarthy was, um, intelligent enough that he grabbed the vid- the film of the video and he, and whoever was filming it at the time, I think it was Mr. Reiniger yes. used to film our games. Yep. He actually got the scrum and, and was able to show that it was it was truly an accident. Like I, I, we just lost our balance. I fell on him and my hands were tied up. There's no way that I could have banged this kid's head off the ice. And so the league turned around and they just uh, suspended me for the rest of the regular season and playoffs. And I got to come back and play in the national tournament, which, you know, that year nationals were out in California my parents had moved away. They were living in Rhode Island at the time. They had plane tickets bought. My grandparents had plane tickets. Like this was a big deal to be able to go out to California and play in a national tournament. Oh yeah. And I had to call. I had to call my dad and tell him that hey, uh, I may not be playing, but uh, luckily, you know the the truth kind of came out, and I didn't. I I had to sit out some games for for being a knucklehead and, and starting something that didn't need to be started. But um, I was at least able to play in the, in the national tournament. You know, it's kind of funny. You mentioned that, you know, that risk of having to sit out everything till nationals. I did the, I didn't do the same thing because it's obvious I wasn't a player, but as a broadcaster, I took a gamble and bought the airtime for the night of the national championship game, like two months or three months in advance not knowing whether or not you guys were going to make it to the championship game. And it was like, it was a, it was a long shot, but we, we did it. And uh, that, yeah, that, we that, did. it was, that was too, that's too funny. You mentioned that uh, as far as a long shot goes and And yeah, that was, that was Mr. Renegar, John Renegar. Uh, he was the video cameraman there forever and stuff. I mean, they've got, yep. they've got, uh, the Manders who run the team now, their son, Jake, he usually would do for a long time. He was doing video and I don't know if he still does or not, uh, but um, he, I know he was also get involved in coaching and stuff down in the younger guys. But um, anyway, uh, still it was, I mean, that's, that's, that's somebody also the Renegers. I got, I'd love to pick their brain for all the history from before I was there, you know, because right. that, you know, yeah. You know, you played what ninety six, ninety seven, and ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So ninety six, ninety six, ninety seven was my my rookie season. Um, you know, I got I. As a matter of fact, I've got I've got both programs from that year sitting in my my office at home, and got a little shelf on a on a bookcase that's got uh, it's kind of. Um, I've got both the medals from from the first two years. I've got the the puck my grandfather bought me as a souvenir from the tournament out in Cali. I've got you know my first skates and you know I've got uh, team pictures and stuff. So it's pretty special, okay. pretty special little shelf for me. Well, it'd be I'd be a special shelf for anybody. That's a, that's like a shrine. It's like history, you know. So I mean, you know, not a lot of people you know saved all. Some people did, but not not many. But you're one of them, so that's definitely a a, a treasure to 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 hold on to. Um, now- uh, well, I, I definitely got to give credit to my mom on that one. You know, I, um, the the 18 year old Derek certainly wasn't uh, 
thinking ahead in in the future to to want to have that stuff around so my mom kind of saved all that stuff i remember when i when i moved uh when i kind of moved out and it was official i wasn't going to be moving back in with with my parents or whatever i was i was finally an adult um my mom handed me a box of you know all this stuff she saved over the years of you know all this school stuff that i did and you know yearbooks and all that kind of stuff. i threw all that stuff out all i kept was just my hockey oh, stuff gosh. which will probably tell you that probably tell you the kind of student i was in school but yeah uh, you know, she kept all that hockey stuff for me which was, was pretty special to me yeah it, sh it should be as far as the other stuff well there is a reason they call it maturing anyway um right so uh so you play and now that first year of course you come up just a, a goal short uh you know the i think it was two to one was the final against uh, is that the Minnesota Lakers? Apple no, Apple oh, Corps yeah, was. Minnesota. Yeah, because Apple Corps yeah. was the semifinal yeah, was game. That was probably yep. one of the most exciting games I ever seen. Was because because Apple Corps was picked to you know be they were uh, they were expected to run with it and just beat everybody because yep. they had so much talent on that team. Imagine. You don't even think about it, but they had, uh, I think, one or both of the Scuderi brothers who played in the NHL on that team that came to Toledo or to Sylvania, yeah. Shander, for, for Nationals. They had several other guys that were going to be playing pro hockey at different levels and stuff uh, back then. Uh, Henry Lazar had some big time talent in the in the um, in the in the whole in that whole Apple Corps system. And they were a powerhouse back yeah. then. And the fact that uh, the guy with the gold with the uh, big chops, um, what's his name? Adam Pobiak stopped yep. him. Yeah, he yep. was the guy that shut him down. I just remember his his uh, sideburn chops that he grew out for. Yeah, he was. He, he was, yep. he was a different kettle that. of fish. But of course, all goalies are, which is probably why you right. didn't last long yeah. as a goalie. Right. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So uh, you know, in that first year though. Um, do you remember, uh, I, I'm trying to remember some of the teams that, you know, played Toledo in, in the tournament in 96, 97, because I know we, you know, we had guys like Rob Kroll, uh, Sean Cass was traded from, I believe, Motor City. And... Yeah. Uh, Sean, Sean Cass came over from Motor City. Um, I think we had uh, Steve Ludke was on that team. Um, and I remember, and again, I was 16 years old playing on this team. And I remember Steve Ludke joins joins our, our team, you know, like halfway through the season. I, I can't remember where he had come from or why he, he joined uh, or signed with us halfway through the season. But, you know, the first couple of days there, one of the things he's telling everybody is that he's married. It's like, what? Like, how the hell can you be married? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm 19 years old. I, I, I got married. And nobody knew if he was joking around or, or what, but, you know, it just kind of gives you the, gives you an idea of the, the age difference. And, you know, um, I'm a junior in high school and I'm, I'm skating on the same ice as a guy that, that legally could be married. And, and he's telling people he's married, but like, we just had a, we had a great, great roster that year with with the Deitch brothers and 
you know, like you mentioned, Crowley and Kellermeyer and Avink and Coombe and, you know, or Coombe and, you know, all those guys, uh, Ricker. Kevin Silver. uh, Trying to remember who else. There were some some really good guys on that team. And I told somebody this once before, and I still stand by it. And that is the team – the team from that year, I thought, had more talent than the team that won the national championship. But the team on the national champ, the national championship team, had a better chemistry. You know, I, I, I yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, um, and you know that that year we we were hosting nationals. Yep. I mean, the Tanner Shanner was chosen to to host nationals that year. And, you know, back then you either won the league or you had to win the playoffs. And, and that's, those were the two teams that got chosen from each of the league. And I think we came in second in the league that year. Yep. And so we, we had to win, we had to win the playoffs. And, um, I think we ended up playing motor city in the championship game of the, of the playoffs that year. And we ended up rolling through, um, I I think we we won that game pretty handedly if I remember correctly, yeah, but um, yeah, but still that was scary. The fact that you guys were yeah. a game away from not being able to play at nationals in your own building. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it was it was uh, it was nerve wracking, but then you know we end up winning. We end up winning the league playoffs uh, that year, which which gave us an invitation to the national tournament. And then, you know, they uh, we had the opening ceremony um, here in in Toledo. I think it was over at the pin what's now the Pinnacle. Yes. Or uh, over there in, in Maumee, and you know, it, it was just a really really cool experience. We end up, um, I think we played Flagstaff in the in the round robin that year, and we just got to play some really different teams that uh that we'd never come across and and you know next thing you know we're we're in the the championship game and we 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 fell short but um i remember that that might have been the most amount of people i've ever seen in tamil shanner at, at one time before they they kind of done an expansion with the mezzanine over the over the over the rink but you know the 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 stands were completely jam packed and there were three or four people deep all the way around standing along the glass just to, to watch us play. It was probably the most amount of people I've ever played in front of at one point and in a game. And it was just a really cool experience and, you know, come up short, um, I think is what really helped us uh, for those guys that, that made the decision that they were coming back the following year to, to just, we weren't going to settle for anything less. And we had, we had some great leadership with, with the older guys like Kellermeyer and, you know, Bricker and Coombe and, uh, you know, Avink and, you know, those guys, um, it was, it was just a, a really, really cool experience. And, you know, um, I, I've got great, amazing friends that, that I went to school with that I still see every day. But, um, I remember, that particular year, as soon as our season started, like the, my my teammates, the guys that I was going to practice with and going to games with, those were really the only guys I hung out with all season long. Um, you know, I'd see my buddies and stuff at school, but um, I I hung out with uh, you know Keller Meyer and Avink and those guys. Um, my second year actually, 
they had an apartment for some reason, uh-huh. you know, the management let, uh, let, uh, Kellermeyer, uh, Bricker, or yeah, I don't know. If Br- no, it wasn't Bricker. Cause he, I think he lived with his sister, but, uh, Kellermeyer, Avink, Coombe, Dietian. Dietian, and Thomas somehow talked, uh, the coaches into letting them all share an apartment over on Heather Downs. That had to be all Kellermeyer. I'm a I'm a senior in high school, and um, there used to be this place over on Burn Road. It was called the Field House. It was uh, uh, it was a 18 and over bar, kind of nightclub kind of thing, and we would practice on Thursday nights from I think it was nine to ten or ten to eleven, and that was one of the only nights that uh, Omi and Searing those guys wouldn't check curfew, and. Um, that year, my parents happened to move out to Rhode Island, so I was living with the Billet family here in Savinia, and um, I would tell my Billet mom that I was staying the night at my grandmother's, and we would leave practice, and I would go over to the apartment, and I, I happened to be the guy that was told that he had to drive the car um, for different reasons, but... Um, you know, I, I was I was the taxi cab driver, but I got to go into the club and I'm hanging out with, you know, Kellermeyer and all those guys. And then, you know, after the club would close, we'd go back to the apartment, hang out. And somehow I would try and make it up in, uh, by 8 a.m. to be at school the very next day for, for class. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a senior in high school and trying to try my best to get up for eight o'clock uh class at, at Southview there so oh my god that but, i mean there's we just you know the, the 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 club just did they made us do things like we had to do stuff with with the with the community i mean we would uh remember uh christmas time they made us volunteer to carry christmas packages out uh, for people at the mall and we all had to sign up for different hours and we would go to the mall and literally sit at the door and carry packages out to, to the cars for people that had all their Christmas packages and stuff. And, you know, Keller Meyer and I, um, we've got our Cherokee Jersey on with, uh, Christmas Santa hats and the blade shows up for some reason. They take us, take our picture and we end up in the Toledo blade you know, is uh, Toledo Cherokee Hockey Program doing community service by helping carry out Christmas packages or whatever. It just, you know, I ended up uh, uh, never got made more fun of than uh, you know that uh, f- for that picture in the in the paper. But you know, um, that that was the kind of stuff that they made us do, and and we we traveled together. We we went. Um, we just we did everything together. And, and I think that's really, really what, uh, what helped us win that, that year was just the part of what helped us win that year was just the camaraderie, the team chemistry and the camaraderie and everything that we had. I mean, I, re- I remember a trip to, um, we, we took a trip to St. Louis and, you know, back then we flew, we, we flew to St. Louis and, you know, we're, we're flying into St. Louis and, you know, one of the guys, I won't name his name, but, you know, he, he hits the call button for the stewardess or the flight attendant, I guess is a better, better way to put it. But 
flight attendant comes down and, you know, we're on our approach to landing and, you know, he's messing around with the flight attendant, asking her if the little creek that we see along the, along the airport, there's the Mississippi river. And we're all just laughing and having a good time. And, you know, um, that year, Andy Lahovey and I somehow met, met some fans of the other team at the game after the game one night in St. Louis. And we happened to tell them what hotel we were staying at. And, you know, next thing I know, we're jumping in the car, a couple of strangers, and we're going to a party somewhere in St. Louis oh and God. sneaking out of the hotel. And, you know, we're, we're sneaking back into the hotel at two o'clock in the morning, trying to make sure that Omi and Scott, uh, Omi and Searing don't see us. And, but, you know, we just, we had such a great time together as a, as a, as a team. So did you ever get busted? Um, I got busted. Uh, there, there were two occasions where I got busted. Um, Keller Meyer and I got into a fight at practice one time and Keller Meyer will deny this to the end of the earth, but he turtled on me in practice because I think he was, he was scared, but, uh, Omi got so mad at us for, for fighting in practice that uh, he made us, he gave us all the all the team jerseys. And he told us that uh, Keller Meyer and I had to wash the team jerseys. And so uh, Keller Meyer and I take the team jerseys to my, mo- to my house. My mom ends up washing the jerseys for us, and Keller Meyer and I took two girls out on a date that night. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, Omi, I don't know that Omi ever knew that, but my mom is the one that ended up washing the jerseys for us. And Keller Meyer, Mike and I took, uh, took, uh, two girls that we were seeing at the time out to dinner or something goofy like that. But, oh um, God. and then, uh, I, I got suspended for a weekend. Um, it was another curfew violation, but I, uh, I was out with some buddies and, um, we ended up making a run for the border at like, you know, one thirty in the morning after a night of, you know, um, having fun and I ended up using, yeah, we ended up, um, we ended up, I, I had to use the restroom. So I go to the, go to the bathroom at Taco Bell right there on uh, central and Secor, And I'm coming out of the bathroom to walk out of the restaurant to go to the car and in walks the coaching staff of the Cherokee. Oh and I gosh. stopped dead in my, I said, <laughs> Stopped dead in my tracks, and I've got Searing staring at me straight ahead. And he's like, hey, what are you doing? And I said, well, I don't think I'm going to be playing this weekend, am I? And he said, nope, you're not. And that was it. And I knew I was sitting that weekend. So I, I ended up getting sat two games for that. And, you know, but, um, you know, other than that, I mean, we were, we were good. We were a good group. We all, we all had each other's backs. We all had, you know, we were all. We're all family, as, as cliche as that may sound. No, I mean, it's not. It's just truth. Um, now, did you get? Now, did any anybody else with you get busted when you went into the Taco Bell? No, I'm the only one. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. I mean, at least you were. You took one for the team, and that was that. So, good enough. Right. You know. So uh, anyway, uh, man, that's funny. Now, who? Tell me something. At least from. I mean, your version of some of the things you've heard so far through these podcasts about that time. I mean, I've heard stories from Avink. I've heard stories from Kellemeyer. Uh, 
I've heard it, you know, from a couple of the other guys, you know, JB, um, the, uh, I'm trying to think who else, uh, uh, what's his name, Matt Cini. Uh, just there, I've had different flavors on things, but uh, I just wanted to hear uh, some of what you have to say as far as some of the things that you experienced back then. And if maybe there was something maybe different that you might want to add to some of the stories that have been told. No, you know, um, I, um, I don't really know that there's anything different to add, you know, I mean, um, you know, uh, Kellermeyer tells his stories and he's got, you know, his, uh, kind of comedic side of telling things. And, you know, uh, Avink was, uh, you know, he was the captain of the team and he's, he's got a different perspective from, you know, being one of the leaders uh, on the team. But, um, you know, I think one of the things that resonates, whether you're talking to me or Bricker or, you know, any of those guys that were part of that team is, is just the closeness of, of our team and you know the fact that i, I mean geez man what has it been 20 some years yeah it's been over 25 it'll be 25 coming up soon yes yeah. i mean after 25 years uh we're all still you know we're all still buddies i mean i, I my son played in a tournament um this year in in indianapolis and i'm in the ho- i'm in the hotel i call keller meyer and tell him hey i'm in town let's let's get together and um uh we make plans to to see each other you know at some point over the weekend and uh there's an ikea right next to the hotel and my my son never been to an ikea and he he wants to go into ikea for some reason and i'm like whatever we'll just go into stupid ikea like if it's gonna make you happy we'll go to ikea and mick i i i swear to god i walk in there and within five minutes kellermeyer's there with his parents, his his wife and his two kids, and they're shopping for furniture, or like a new mattress or something for their house. It's like, you know, like, and we're within two minutes, we're we're ripping on each other and we're having fun and we're joking around. But, you know, um, uh, I my wife and I went to Boston uh, for a wedding a couple uh, two years ago, and you know, Jepson Jeppy's out in Boston. Yeah. And we were we weren't able to connect uh, and see each other, but like I knew Jeppy was out in Boston, and one of the first things I did when I knew I was going to be out there when I landed was, hey, I'm in town. My wife and I are in town. Like, let's see if we can get together and and, and catch up. Um, you know, uh, it just that kind of friendship. Um, you just you don't find that every day. Um, and I, I truly believe that the only one of the only ways you you build a friendship like that is to to go through a season, whether it's a winning season or a losing season together. Um, and, you know, uh, there, there's just guys that, um, you know, I, may, I I have not seen JB. I haven't seen Neil Price in 25 years. I mean, the last time I saw those guys was the last time we were together. Uh, after winning that year, but you know, we were on, we were down in Florida on vacation uh, in April, and you know, I do the normal forty-one-year-old man goofy thing of posting something on social media with my family down in Destin, and Neil Price sends me a Facebook messenger, and he's down there two towns over, telling me, you know, hey, well, how are you doing? You know, it's it's just 
there's um, there's a, a kinship, I guess, is is maybe a good word to to explain it. That that um, it, it's really hard to to describe it and put it into words. What what all those guys mean to me? It's it's what, a bond. Hopefully, I mean it. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly what it is. I mean, Omi is still coaching Toledo Cherokee as a defensive coach, and you know anyone that I've ever run into that uh, has been associated with the Cherokee, it's it's Todd Omi. You know, we I play in the the golf uh, the golf outing that they do the fundraiser played last year, and I'll play again this year, and you know just to be able to show up and see Omi, and you know um, I grew up around Kenny. You know, just to see those guys again, it's um, it, it's something that you know you just you don't experience in um, in any other way other than through a team sport. And um, I'm I'm pretty biased, but I think hockey is is the ultimate team sport. I have to agree with you there. You won't they they can't convince me otherwise. Uh, you you know the thing. Uh, I mean, I want to get a little bit into the 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 championship tournament that you won here in just a minute, but. I'm still trying to wrap my head around all the guys at the apartment. Uh, Avink, I get him and Kellemeyer. Yeah, Diachin. Yeah. Uh, I think probably the, I would say the most interesting, I won't say oddity, but most interesting person out of the whole group had to be Gary Thomas. If he was one of the ones in that, in that apartment. Uh, yeah, Gary, uh, Gary was kind of a, a, a different, um, you know, you, you put Gary Thomas and, and Mike Kellermeyer in a room together. And, and the last thing you'd think is that they would be living together. Yeah. Um, but they're just very again, different personalities I, and you don't. Yeah, absolutely. But again, that I think that just goes to, goes to show you how, how great of a team we were that we were able to take such different personalities, diverse personalities and, and um, somehow be able to bring all that together and, and, and create um, the type of team that we had. I mean, um, I, I'm not, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. I can tell you that, but you know, I, uh, we all got along when it, when it came time to us putting our jerseys on, putting our helmets on, and stepping out on the ice, like we all had each other's backs and, and we were all willing to do whatever it took in order for us to win a game. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, maybe we weren't all going out to, to dinner together, all 25 of us or however many were on that roster at that particular time. But the vast majority of us are, were all together for, for a lot of the time. And, um, you know, Lahovi and I went to school together. We, we graduated, uh, you know, the same year, it's from the same high school, and Jeffy was uh, a year behind us uh, at the same school. And so while Kellermeyer and Avink and those guys were going off to work because they were at the age where they'd already graduated, mm-hmm. guys like myself and Jeffy and, and Lahovi, and um, we were we were going to school in the morning, but, you know, I walked down the hallway and i still see Jeppy and i could see Lahovi, and, you know, that's just – it was a, a – it was a perfect uh, storm of, of different personalities that were all able to come together. Uh, and it's funny, you know, I, I still think about some of the guys from that team. You know, obviously you had youngsters like Bo Jack. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Andy Thiessen, 
uh, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember some of these other guys. You know, I mean, they were they were all pieces of work. You know, and that's what I loved about it. It was just such a different group. It wasn't all the same. You know, just like there weren't all right. goal scorers. There were some tough guys. There were physical guys. I mean, on defense, you had a couple of tough guys. You know, Scott Williamson, Rob Kurt. Uh, you know, I mean, and then you had a rookie like Jeppy, John Jepson. Um, you know, it just, it was just a real unique group of guys. And of course, your goaltending, Ron Wheaton, and, you know, who probably said, I think you probably have said more words in this podcast than he said during his entire time in Toledo. Uh, but uh, I say that lovingly, though, because he, he was a great goaltender, man. He really was. He was, um, and, you know, he, he wouldn't say a whole lot, but, again, when it would come time for him to to get on the ice and, and do some work, uh, he would he would get it done. And Sammy Horton was your other goaltender, right? Sammy was our other goaltender. He was uh, – I, I, I like to consider Sammy – he was our locker room guy, you know. He um, – he, he was he was just a, a blast to be around, and he uh, he always made people laugh in the locker room and stuff. He was, he was just a great guy. Yep, and you know, I I still you know I still that guy cracks me up because I always think of him, uh, you know, because like the next year I think he he took over the number one spot and was trying you know he was plugging along and I always I never could ever say his name without saying the pride of Nina, Wisconsin. You know, yeah, and and he yeah. and who was it that told me? Oh gosh, somebody told me in one of these podcasts recently, and I'm trying to remember who. I don't know if it was Kurt. It might have been Robbie Kurt that told me that a group of them went up to Sammy's family's house for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that was that was Robbie. Rob Kurt did that. Now, um, yeah, I know he said it was him. I can't remember who all he said. It was like Calamire, I think, and a couple of the other guys that went up to, they went up there uh, for Thanksgiving break. They went up there to his house and stuff. And I can only imagine that. But uh, anyway, uh, he said, he said like all the, all the uh, establishments were closed and everything because of, of their <laughs> Thanksgiving. So I said, so what else is there to do? He said, not much. So, you know, I remember yeah, that. Yeah. But uh, now let's talk about, you know, being out in Simi Valley, California, um, what was that experience like after you realized you guys uh, won, you know, the Gold Cup and were going to nationals? Um, you know, one of the one of the first memories I have of that um, was uh, it, it was it was still pretty cold here. I don't, I don't know if you remember, but. It was still pretty cold. Uh, we're flying out of out of Detroit Metro, and and we're obviously a hockey team, so we're we got all our hockey gear and stuff like that. We're we're kind of dressed for, you know, um, end of winter, beginning of uh, a cold spring. Um, so we're, we're all dressed pretty warm, and uh, we, we jump on a plane, and, and next thing you know, we're we're landing in in LAX, and it's you know eighty five degrees out and sunny and we're dressed like we should be, you know, back in the Midwest and, um, we, we get our gear and stuff and, and we walk out of the airport 
we're waiting for the bus to pull up so we can load our gear onto the bus and, 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 and get on the bus. And I just remember walking out of the airport and it seemed like every car I saw should have been in a, in a movie. You know, it's like there's Beamers and there's convertibles and there's all these, you know, Hollywood-esque type things going around us. And it's like, you know, we're just a bunch of Midwestern boys wanting to come out and play hockey and, and we're in the middle of, um, you know, Hollywood kind of thing. But um, we, I, I think we were a little late getting there and, and we walk into the opening ceremony night was at the Ronald Reagan presidential library. And, you know, we walked, we end up walking into Keller Meyer likes to tell this story because he tells it a lot better than I do. But, you know, he, he says, we all walk in there like we own the joint and no one knew, n- no one knows who we are. And, and, and we're all walking in there with a big chip on our shoulder. Like they should be, you know, kissing the ground that we walk on kind of thing. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, um, you know, we, we, we ended up having a really good tournament, and I, I think it was Metro at the time. Metro Jets uh, made it. It was either Metro or Motor City. I think it was Motor City. Made it. Motor City uh, made it out there with us, and, and I think um, we rolled through the first two games. Um, second, uh, the third game was kind of, that was going to be, the, the winner of that game was was kind of picked to, to go. Um and, and we're, you know, lucky enough to get through that game. And then, uh, you know, semifinals, uh, we ended up winning semifinals. And then obviously, uh, you know, the, the, the championship game was, was what we were all hoping it would be. But, you know, I, I don't really remember a whole lot about um, the individual games. Uh, just I, I just remember it being, you know, a great time and, um, you know, finally being able to accomplish something that, that we really wanted to be able to accomplish the year before and, and to have the the setback that we did last year and the disappointment that we did just kind of made this year that much, uh, that particular year that much sweeter for us with guys like um, Keller Meyer and, and Avink and knowing that that's their last year that they were going to be able to play junior, junior hockey and be able to see them some see them win a championship was, was pretty awesome. Yeah. Now I do remember a couple of the individual games, and I remember one in particular, and that is because it was the quasi, it was the national championship uh, game. It, or, I mean, obviously, but the the semifinal, or not the semifinal, but the uh, the third game. That was the basically that was in that was uh, the national championship game, because you guys played the Cherokee played uh, Fairbanks. And that was the de facto championship game because everyone, you know, you talk about how Kellermeyer heard, you know, everyone heard about how they were kind of dissing the team because they were talking about these different teams that could win the championship. Well, the heavy, heavy, heavy favorites were Fairbanks, the Ice Dogs. And it was, uh, that was a game that the team was down. The team was losing and had to come back and tie it and then in overtime i remember brad coom was in the just fin- came out of the penalty box and i, I think it was kellemeyer wasn't it who fed you the pass right there along the goal line 
and you had just enough of an angle to lift that puppy up and roof it under the crossbar for the game winner? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I I thought it was, now again, my memory is pretty bad, but I, I thought it was a face-off. It was down in their zone. Yeah, it was. It was the. It was down in their zone. So Coom had come out of the. Coom had just come out of the box. Yeah. So that that face off, Searing had this play that he liked to run, uh, with an offensive zone, uh, face off, and and what he would do is we would take uh, an off wing. So if 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 it's on the. You know, if you're facing the goal, if the faceoff's on the left side dot, you would take a right-handed shot and you would put them along the boards. And if it was on the other side of the ice, the left left-handed shot would be along the boards. But the centerman, what the centerman would, was supposed to do is, at the drop of the puck, he was supposed to somewhat tie their centerman up and kind of push him off. That winger would come off the boards, pick the puck up at the dot or on uh, through the faceoff. And then go to the net and and hopefully get a shot. That's how I remember it was what running Searing's play. Kellermeyer did a good job of tying this guy up. I picked the puck up and you know got one of the luckiest goals of my life. Yeah, but it, they don't ask how; they ask how many. And if it's a game winner, <laughs> that's yeah, that's what you got. Um, so yeah, so I I remember just being completely mobbed to the point where I'm screaming at everybody to get the hell off of me because they all jumped on me and I'm at the bottom of this pile. And, um, I I remember, I remember skating back to the bench and Bob Zion just going absolutely ballistic on the bench and telling me, I knew it was going to be you. I knew you were going to be the one to score it. And I said, I looked at him. I said, Bobby, you told that to anybody that scored, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you know, I mean, in in all reality, any one of us that were on that roster could have scored that goal. We had we had some of the most talented players uh, uh, that were part of that roster. That really any any one of us could have scored that. And I just um, I just I, I was lucky enough to be the one to to be able to do it. And you know. Um, it's something that I get to brag to my son about. He thinks that it was, you know, to win the Stanley cup. And until he gets old enough to realize that I'm just blowing smoke, then I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I'm going to run with it while I still can. And when he finally looks at me and says, dad, okay, that's enough. I've heard it for the 1800th time that I'll, I'll wait till I have grandkids and I'll tell them about it. But you know what the funny thing is, Stummer, to be honest, that is probably one of the most, the biggest goal scored in Cherokee history. It was. And yeah, you might, you might think that you might downplay it a little bit with your, you know, saying what you're saying to your son, but here's the thing. He, he, he's going to look up to you and he's going to be the one that says, yeah, that's my old man for better or for worse. That's my old man. What he did was something pretty amazing. And the fact that, uh, the only thing, the only mob scene that was probably bigger than that, was the one uh, at the end of the tournament when you get when yeah. you know that was probably the bigger mob scene, and uh, they just don't come there. Those things are really special because back then you got to remember, Derek, 
back then there weren't all the leagues and the the you know and everything like there is now. There isn't the there isn't the you know uh, like they switched everything from junior A B C now to uh, you know tier one tier two tier three and there's just the uh, the whole idea of that there are a million tier three leagues now and that's no slight on the tier three leagues because you know our, our Cherokee are part of that and so I'm proud of them. And I, I like crazy for him in that league. I'm just saying from a standpoint of uh, the idea that there weren't that many players back then. And so there were a lot of good players who belonged in the, what we would call now tier one and tier two that were filtered down to uh, what we would now call tier three, which for us for back then was uh, junior B because there weren't that many teams around. There weren't that many leagues around. So the caliber of play was definitely, uh, you know, there were some play. there were a lot of players back then that played in the Central States League that should have been at higher leagues. But because of the fact that there weren't as many teams then as there are now, that that's the big difference. And that's why, you know, what we did, what I should say you guys did uh, back then, on the ice back in 98 and even 97 is so impressive because there weren't that many teams. So there were a lot of, like I said, high caliber players that played in the CSHL and, you know, at that junior B level, you know, we talked at the top of this podcast, guys like the Scuderi's, you know, the, uh, that whole New York Apple Corps team. Then later on, after, after you played there, uh, St. Louis in our league, had a team, had an organization like that that ran on a big terror of winning national champions, et cetera, and putting guys up at the show. You know, so you know the idea being still is that what the the things that happened back then, to me, are still pretty darn amazing. When you consider the fact that you know you guys there was some big time talent at that level, and you guys went up against it and succeeded. So before you kind of, you know, kind of downplay it, don't, because what you did was incredible. Yeah, anybody could have done it, but also anybody could have missed it with that opportunity too. So the fact you didn't, right. the fact that you didn't, that tell that should tell you everything you need to know. So put that in your well, pipe. I, I appreciate you saying that. So now let's talk here about, you know, obviously the – Celebration ensues after defeating Suffolk and uh, the the party and everything. It was like you guys had, what, the official party and then the real party was after that? Uh, you know, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I mean, we all, we all partied back at the, uh, at the hotel. Um, and I think, actually, I know our... Our flight was the very next day yep. after the championship game. And it was a pretty early morning flight. And we all we all went back to the hotel and we all had a really, really good time. And I remember a bunch of us, uh, for some reason, decided that it would be fun to you know, run around the hotel with no shirt on. And, you know, a couple of us decided we were super tired. So 
couple of guys fell asleep and we ended up getting Sharpie markers out and we're drawing on each other. And <laughs> next thing you know, it's like wake up call. You got to go to the airport the next day. And, and I remember, yeah, there's 20 of us just kind of strewn out throughout the, the airport uh, concourse, just waiting for, waiting for our flight. And, and we're all just kind of laying on our bags and laying on the floor and just trying to get some sleep and stuff. And we ended up flying, flying back and we had to go to the rink. Um, they wanted us to go back to the rink after the airport. And, and if I remember correctly, we got back to the rink and, you know, there's, there's some people there to, to kind of greet us and, and that kind of stuff, which was really kind of cool. And, um, it was, uh, you know, uh, Dr. McCarthy, uh, just, he happened to pass away, but, uh, you know, he, he was such an amazing guy and he took really, really good care of us. Yes, he and it, he made us, he made us feel like we were in the NHL and, and, and we weren't, but he, he just made us feel that way. And he ended up throwing us a, a pretty cool party, um, banquet kind of thing after after we won nationals uh over at uh i think it was actually at the pinnacle yes, again was. i went to that i remember and um you know we were all together again and and just uh you know had this really cool celebration for and i don't know if it was if it was i don't know if it was gordy howe or if it was, it was gordy howe's son that talked i, I think it was gordy howe no uh, gordy howe that actually no it was neither um, actually it was Bobby Hall. Oh, Bobby Hall. Okay. Um, Bobby Hall was there and um, it, it just, it was first class, like everything Dr. McCarthy did for us. It was all first class and we just, we got treated like Kings and, you know, and then, and then it was just like any other season, it was over and, and guys uh, aged out and they all, you know, guys went to school or guys went home and, you know, um, those of us that were still of age to be able to play, we 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 uh, started going to camps and and stuff in the summer, and started looking at different teams that we could play play for. And you know, I um, I got lucky enough to be offered a spot uh, with um, at the time it was the Grand Rapids Grizzlies up in in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and. You know, Rob Kirk was uh, also chosen to be on that team. And, you know, next thing I know, it's the end of the summer and Rob's meet me at my grandmother's house and, and we're leaving, leaving with two cars jam-packed with our stuff and our hockey bags and we're driving to Grand Rapids to, to start training camp. And, uh, you know, I got paired, uh, I got uh, housed with a billet family and um, oddly enough, uh, Jason Deitch was, uh, was my roommate, I think that year. Um, Rob and I got a job, uh, it was actually one of the only jobs I ever got fired from. Uh, Rob and I got, uh, we got a job working in a yarn distribution factory kind of thing. And it was, um, it was a distribution center for Myers and you'd show up in the morning and they'd hand you a, a big cardboard box with, a a sheet of paper and we'd have to walk the aisles and um, pick out different colors of yarn for the orders for the different Meyer stores. Okay. I hired, 
I got fired from that because um, the older ladies that worked there got offended when I when I um, turned on Bob and Tom. I don't know if you remember yes, that old yep, that was Bob and show, Tom yeah. morning show. Yep. They like to listen to some, you know, oldie music or something. And Bob, uh, Rob and I got tired of it. And I kept turning the channel on the radio over to Bob and Tom. And they got offended and I got fired for it. So <laughs> Nice. So how long did you stay up in yeah. Grand Rapids? Not long. Um, not long. I um, I made it through training camp. I made it into the to the regular season roster. Played uh, a couple of exhibition games, and then, you know, I just um, I, I let uh, I let being homesick and and that kind of stuff get into my head, and, and uh, you know, I just I decided uh, I didn't want to be there anymore. And you know, the next thing I know, I'm I'm uh, I'm back in Tam O'Shanter and and talking to Searing and asking if I if he had a spot for me. And I played that that third year for the Cherokee. Uh, finished out the season with them. Uh, we made it to nationals again that year. Happened to be out in uh, Minnesota, and um, you know, I uh, finished the season out, and then uh, and then life kind of uh, just smacked me in the face. Uh, adulthood uh, and uh, adulthood responsibilities kind of smacked me right in the right in the face. And next thing I know, I'm uh, I'm an adult with uh, my hockey career is over. Now, you know, uh, how, was that hard for you as far as, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, life is life. It's going to throw a cold bucket of ice water on you. But uh, it's the idea, though, still is, is that how hard of a transition was that when you realized uh, your competitive hockey playing days were over? Um. I remember the the game that we got eliminated uh, out of the tournament. I um, I sat on the bench after you know after the the game was over. I sat on the bench and bawled my eyes out, and then um, you know made it into made it in the locker room, got undressed, showered, and I walked through the lobby. And as soon as I got out of the building, I, my parents were standing there. Uh, in front of the bus and and I just broke down again and I just started just started bawling again um you know but at the time you you really don't uh you know at, at that particular moment um I didn't I didn't know that my my um playing days were over in terms of like a competitive game that meant something um that that didn't come until a little bit later but um you know, to have the success that we had the year, uh, my first year, and then to win it the second year, and then to go out to, to Minnesota and get knocked out in the, just in the, you know, the first round or whatever, that was, that was pretty tough. And, you know, it was kind of questioning what I was going to do the following year. So I really wasn't sure if I was going to play again or where I was going to play. I didn't know if I wanted to play a fourth year uh, for, for the Cherokee. Really, it was more of an emotion of just, the unknown of like, what am I going to do? Like I, you know, I'm, um, I, I, I was a year out of high school. I'd already given, um, you know, I, I graduated from high school the year we won nationals. So, you know, I, um, all my buddies had, had already, you know, close to finishing from high school, they had already finished their first year of college and 
here I am. I, I haven't even stepped foot on a campus. Didn't know if I wanted to go to school. Didn't know what I was going to do. And so, I mean, it was pretty, pretty emotional just trying to figure out, like, what am I going to do? Like, this hockey's been my life, everything, morning, noon, and night, um, since I can remember. And uh, the, the, the game ends, and it's like, okay, now what kind of thing? Yeah, never an easy thing. Never an easy thing. Uh, so you end up, uh, you know, going through life, having a family, uh, still keeping in touch with the game. Uh, talk about getting your start in coaching. How did that come about? Uh, so, you know, I have, um, you know, I, I, I got married and, and I had three kids and, you know, the, the marriage side of the, the equation didn't work out, um, you know, the way that you, you kind of hope it would when you first get yeah. married. And, um, you know, I, I was, uh, was raising my, my two daughters and my son, um, on my own, you know, as a single dad with, with full custody and I'm raising my kids and, you know, my oldest daughter, she says, uh, she said, dad, I want to go to Notre Dame Academy. Okay. And, um, and I'm like, geez, you know, can you, can you stick a dagger in my heart a little bit more, you know, with, with tuition and stuff yeah, like that. And, um, you know, I, I started playing hockey again. I, I took like a, I'd taken about a 10, 11 or 12 year break. Like I, when I, when I took the, the skates off, um, from the Cherokee, I think I played maybe one or two years of like some, you know, adult hockey kind of thing here and there. But for the most part, when, when Caitlin was born, you know, I was done playing and I, and I'd stopped playing for a really long time. And, um, I, I got back into playing again. And, and some of the guys that I was, I was playing with on, on Sunday nights were talking about coaching and, you know, how much fun they were having and that kind of stuff. And, you know, I just, I, I, I wanted to be able to get back into the game in some way that uh, was competitive. Um, you know, Sunday night hockey is in my mind and the way I approach Sunday night hockey, it's, it's just a way for me to be able to hang out with my buddies. You know, I've got a reason to go back to the rink, but ultimately it's so I can have, you know, a couple of adult sodas with my buddies in the locker room and I can, you know, see how they're doing. And, and uh, it's, it's a great way to catch up with them, but, I missed the the competitive side of it. I missed being a part of a game that meant something. And um, a buddy of mine had told me that uh, one of the high schools was looking for a head coach. And um, and he had said, you know, they, they actually pay the, the high school hockey coaches. And I, I said, well, what's it, what does it happen to pay? And um, he's like, well, it doesn't pay anything compared to the amount of time and energy you got to put into it, but you know, this is what it pays. And, um, I thought, well, you know what, that could really help me out with my tuition for my daughter to go to Notre Dame and I can get back into the game. I can, I can give to kids exactly what I was given from my coaches with Jim McCabe and, and, you know, my dad and, and those kind of, and, and sap and, you know, all those guys that helped me along in my career, I, I could feel like I'm giving back to them too. So, selfishly those were the reasons why i got back into coaching or got back into coaching to begin with was because a i could help put my daughter through notre dame academy like she had wanted to go through but i also had um 
I could say that it was a responsibility that I had and I had to go to the rink. Like they're, they're, I'm required to go to the rink two days a week there you go. or three days a week for practices. And I'm required to go to the rink for games. And, um, that, that's how I got into it. Um, there was uh, a local high school that was looking for a head coach and, um, I had actually missed the deadline to apply for that particular job. But, um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Mark Waddell, had, uh, who was uh, a longtime employee of, of TAMO and was uh, in charge of their amateur you know, house program and stuff, uh, had been told that St. John's uh, High School was looking for a JV head coach. And um, Perrysburg High School at the time was looking for a head coach. And so I put my, put my name in for consideration at Perrysburg and then Mike Hayes at the time was the head coach for St. John's. And uh, I I'd, uh, just sent him a message and said, hey, I'd be interested in, in talking to you if you're still looking for a head coach for the JV program. And so um, Mike and I met up at uh, up at the old village inn there in, in Sylvania. And we sat down and had a conversation. And, and I, I remember the, the question I asked him was, Mike, if, if – um, if I happen to be offered a position with Perrysburg, I said, why would I choose to be a JV head coach rather than a head coach at Perrysburg? And, uh, and I remember Mike said, he gave me two reasons why. And those reasons really resonated with me. And I ended up uh, taking on the, the, the head coaching position at the JV team for St. John's. And, you know, um, I mean, the rest, uh, I'm, I'm now entering next year will be my eighth year with the program. So I did, uh, I, I, I ran the JV program for three years and then I took an opportunity to become an assistant coach with the varsity program, uh, under Brett Molnar at the time. And I, I coached under, uh, Brett for a year and then, um, Matt Bollinger came in and I coached under Matt Bollinger for two years and then. Uh, Matt moved on, and and so last year um, there was a, an opening for the head coaching position. I applied for that, went through the process with the school, and uh, was was lucky enough to to be chosen to 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 run the program. So, um, of all the years to to run the program for my first year, um, uh, doing it during a pandemic uh, certainly wasn't wasn't the greatest experience, but. Uh, I, my my hope is that it can only get easier from here in terms of uh, trying to manage things and logistics and all that kind of stuff um, without a pandemic. So yeah, that's that's very true. So a um, uh, couple things here before we wind her up. Uh, you kind of gave me a list, but uh, just to reiterate, who would you say was some of the guys that impacted you the most in the game of hockey? You talked about a lot of your coaches. Were there any other folks uh, around the game, uh, you know, players, teammates, uh, you know, GMs, that kind of thing, uh, owners, whoever? Were there folks that, other folks as well as your coaches that impacted you as far as uh, how you approach the game, why you feel so strongly about giving back? Um, Jim McCabe was uh, probably... Uh, I mean, Scott Searing and, and Todd Omi will always 
always be at the top of the list just because of, you know, I, I feel like I kind of grew up with, in a very short period of time, I went from being, you know, this young teenager to almost growing up to be, you know, a young adult or a man, if, if you want to call it that. Um, but, you know, Jim McCabe was, uh, Jim Jim's nickname when he played for the Gold Diggers was Gentleman Jim. I don't know if you know that or not, but you know, that was his nickname was gentleman, Jim and Jim, uh, Mr. McCabe always just had this, he just had this, um, way about him where he just, you wanted to work hard for him. You wanted to do right by the guy. And, and, and so Jim or Mr. McCabe's always held a, a kind of a special place in my heart in, in the game of hockey. Uh, and I still see him to this day. I mean, he still lives here around town in Toledo and, you know, I'll see him up at the loft every once in a while, and it, it's just a great, uh, a great, great guy to see. Um, you know, uh, some of the guys that I grew up playing, playing with, um, you know, like Keller Meyer, uh, I consider Keller Meyer one of my best friends. You know, uh, Jake Sardell is uh, probably my best friend um, outside of, of hockey, but Jake and I grew up playing together. Um you know, uh, through different teams, through Savania, and, and then, all, you know, ultimately we went, ended up going to high school together, and Jake and I still play on the same together, same team together on Sunday nights and in uh, old man beer hockey and, and stuff like that. So, but, um, you know, my, my family, um, you know, my dad, my mom and dad, um, they were with me and, and supported me through absolutely everything, and you know, we we the way we happened to grow up we we weren't um we weren't well off growing up but i always had new skates when i needed them i always had a new stick i you know i, I never never didn't get a chance to go to a tournament or, or a game or play for a team because of money my my mom and dad somehow some way found the ability to to pay for it and then um you know my grandparents um they never missed a game. Uh, and I, I know, you know, my grandma and grandpa and, um, you know, my grandfather was, uh, my grandfather was a pretty special man that, uh, you know, he, he passed away a few years ago and, um, he, he's a guy that, that, uh, I wish you could talk to because my grandfather had a memory like nobody's business. And he could tell you things about the, the couple of years I played for the Cherokee that, uh, that I don't remember that I, I look at him and it's like, did that really happen? But, you know, he, um, he was at every game he traveled, uh, he, he traveled with us to St. Louis and, uh, you know, flew on the same plane and he, he'd go to the games in St. Louis, they were in California and watched us win it. And, you know, my, my grandfather, um, and my grandmother too, they were just in uh, my uncle who passed away as well. You know, uh, between them and, and my mom and dad, they were always the five people that, no matter what, I could always look up in the stands and see them. And they were the ones that I wanted to to play well for. And, you know, I'd, um, make a good play. And, I, you know, just like any other kid, you look up in the stands and you hope your dad sees you and kind of gives you that thumbs up. Or, you know, you get off the ice and grandma's giving you a hug and telling you a great goal and, and you know, that kind of stuff. Those are, those are the things that... Um, that I hope I uh, I'm doing for my boy now. And, you know, it's, uh, it, it's something that just is, is pretty special. No question about it. And 
you are. So now one last thing. What would you like to say to Cherokee Nation? Uh, as far as, you know, the folks that listen to this, you know, you got plenty of alumni, plenty of uh, alumni coaches, current coaches, et cetera, the whole nine yards that listen to this. We're very fortunate. Uh, what would you like to say to them? Um, you know, for uh, as, as corny as it's going to sound, a, a thank you. I mean, um, you know, to be a, I'm 41 years old. Like, you know, I, it's, it's hard to fathom the fact that I'm, I'm that old, like Rob and I, I, Rob Kurt and I are, we still see each other and we still talk and Rob and I were happened to be together, um, at the rink last, uh, on Sunday, as a matter of fact. And I made a comment about something. He's like, Derek, what are you talking about? He's like, we are those old people. I'm like, no, no, we're not. He's like, yeah, they're the same age as we are. Like, we are that old. We are those old people. So, um, wait till you, you get know, my age to, <laughs> to to be asked to come back and 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 talk to you about this kind of stuff, and you know, to be able to walk into the ice house and see our trophy sitting there and and that kind of stuff, and you know, um, the the run that the team made this year out at nationals, and to have you know Brandy. I've never met Brandy uh, in person, but for her to even know who I was and to have her send me a Facebook message and say, hey, if the boys make it to the next round, we'd really like to hear you give them a message and, and send them some some good luck. Yeah, that that stuff's pretty cool. I mean, um, in the grand scheme of things, I, I played I played junior B hockey like it, it's not uh, it's not professional hockey or anything like that. And you know, there's a lot of there's thousands of other guys out there that were a hell of a lot better hockey players than I am or that I ever was. But to have like this kind of attention paid to us and, you know, for us to be able to be looked at the way that we are is pretty special. So I you know, want to say thank you to that uh, for that. And then, you know, those those kids that are in the Cherokee program now just, you know, keep working hard and. You never know what can happen. Like you, you lace your skates up the same way as everybody else does and just keep working hard and never stop. Never stop thinking you can get to the next level. If that's what you want to do, just keep keep working hard and keep listening to those coaches that, that uh, want nothing but the best for you. Amen. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't have summed it up better myself there, man. Well, Derek, it's been a blast, man. It just it flew by so quick and it did so i i want to i do want to thank you for for asking me to be a part of this i was starting to wonder about your your selection process knowing that mike kellermeyer got chose before i did so uh, well the fact that i finally got chose um i, I still question your your selection process uh, process with somebody like somebody like kellermeyer being chosen before me but i'll, I'll let it slide well okay now to kind of rub a little salt <laughs> on the wound there since you're throwing mud at me. Uh, he was way ahead of you. <clears throat> I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> well, the only, the only thing I can, can, the only thing I can think of is that he probably paid you. So oh, okay. I, I got to get a couple of, I got to get a couple of digs on Kellermeyer. So I wouldn't, it, you wouldn't be you if you didn't. So <laughs> no. Yeah. And, and I can already, I can already picture the reply that's going to be coming from Kel. He'll, he'll, he'll fire back. Don't yeah, worry. Me. 
Yeah, you will. Yes, you will. Well, uh, that'll do it here for episode 77 of the Cherokee Rewind. Uh, big thanks to Derek Stum. Uh, again, I have no favorites in this whole business, but <clears throat> anyway, uh, just a, a big thank you to him for doing this and I uh, really appreciate it and uh, just absolutely love this guy and I love all my Cherokee family and just want to say thank you. Don't forget, hit subscribe with that, whatever platform you use to download your MP3s and put in Cherokee Rewind and subscribe. And when you do, every time a new episode comes out, it will let you know. So, hey, for Derek Stum, I'm Mick. Thanks so much for hanging out with us right here on the Cherokee Rewind.